Podcast number 157. My name is John. Joining me this morning is Ryan. What's up, Ryan? Good morning. Yeah, so uh, this is a, a Saturday, November something or other, and uh, yesterday, <laughs> Mandalorian Chapter 10 debuted, uh, released. So we're going to spend, I think, the bulk of the episode uh, discussing Mandalorian Chapter 10, um, but uh, also some other fun stuff going on. A, uh, a trailer for the um, Star Wars uh, Lego Star Wars Holiday Special, which I'm excited about, and some merchandising stuff going on between Mando Mondays and Star Wars Celebration. So uh, we're going to try to hit all of those kind of things as well. Um, but uh, we want to start out, of course, with Mandalorian Chapter 10, which is called The Passenger. That's right, The Passenger. Uh, I was a little afraid for a second because I forgot to look up the title, but I remember it's called <laughs> The Passenger. Um, like, could have the, been... like the Iggy Pop song. Oh, okay. Yeah, like the Iggy Pop song. I was going to say it could have been called The Frog Passenger or uh, you know something like that, but, uh, but yeah, The Passenger. So, um, you know, Ryan, we, uh, we did a lengthy breakdown discussion of, uh, of Chapter 9 last week, of course, um, with the the debut of Mandalorian season two. And, uh, I gotta tell you, I mean, I think, I think our, our reaction was, was pretty balanced and pretty, um, effusive actually. I mean, we love the episode overall, but, uh, we had a few, you know, critiques, whatever. And, uh, I don't know what your experience was like throughout the week, um, just in terms of seeing what other people were saying or hearing other reactions. But, uh, I think, we're about the only ones who had like really any critique of chapter nine, as far as I could tell. It seems like everybody was just like, it's, it's the Mandalorian. It's perfect. The Mandalorian can do no wrong. Um, was that kind of like your experience too? Or I think we're the only curmudgeons that uh, are willing to critique the Mandalorian. Yeah. I, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't frame it like that. Like um, I don't, I don't think people are, unwilling to critique the show um i think people just didn't have the same sort of hang-ups that we did um around it which um i mean it just it is what it is i think you know i think the show is in people's good graces in ways that like pretty much all of the recent films have not been um Uh you know like you know there's there's someone who hates all of the recent films for one reason or another um but you know mandalorian whether it's just like you know the lower expectations or um you know the the era or you know whatever it is um like it's just generally more well liked um, yep. than I think most other live action Star Wars in the past five years. Um, so I don't think people are unwilling to critique it. I think um, it's just like people aren't really looking at it in the same under like the same fine brush that mm. um, we do the films because I mean for me, a lot of my complaints about the Mandalorian are 
pretty much the same complaints I have about the rise of Skywalker <laughs> and which we know like there's, you know, there's definitely um, a lot of fans who were not happy with that film. Um, but I don't know. It People just seem to be more like accepting of um, stuff in the Mandalorian for whatever reason. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, you know, I wouldn't say uh, I think you're right to 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 make that clarification because um, people are definitely willing to critique the Mandalorian once in a while. For instance, episode five or chapter five of the Mandalorian, uh, the one the last one on Tatooine, um, people were pretty vocal about, you know, um, worst episode or people really didn't like Toro Calican, myself included. And, you know, there was definitely some mm-hmm. some uh, criticisms of that one. So I, I don't I wouldn't uh, I don't want to paint. Um, you know, Star Wars fans is being unwilling to critique it, uh, I guess. But I'm just saying, like, I, I was, you know, and it's good. You know, it's not like I want to go on the Internet and see everybody like mad about an episode of The Mandalorian or whatever. And I wasn't mad about it either. But um, I just didn't see, you know, nary a negative word anywhere, which is <laughs> which is cool. That being said, though, right, actually, the reason I, you know, kind of brought it up um, is because I think I, I haven't seen too much like commentary or discussion of this episode in general but uh i did see like a little more like i feel like people weren't as thrilled with this one um chapter 10 as they were with chapter 9 uh or at least you know a few people maybe or whatever but uh i i loved chapter 10 i'm i'm uh i'm very much on board with chapter 10 i, I had a blast watching it I've, I've watched it twice now and uh you know i don't want to say like i liked it more than chapter 9 necessarily because chapter 9 is pretty you know epic and um you know, there's a lot of really cool and and really great stuff in chapter nine, but uh, this one, um, I guess maybe because it's it was a little more straightforward and um, didn't didn't uh, tackle as much in terms of uh, you know introducing characters and kind of you know big mic drop moments and stuff like that. Like this was just a, a little more of a of a straight ahead story and uh, or like I guess um, a little more. Uh, reserved in what kind of story it was trying to tell and uh, i just had a ton of fun with it yeah i mean i can definitely say i i enjoyed uh chapter 10 more than chapter 9 um it was you know i again like you said it wasn't as you know epic it didn't have those you know those big mic drop moments etc but for me there was nothing that took me out of the episode um because there was no like meta to it really where um i mean well outside of dave filoni showing up um <laughs> but like there outside of that there wasn't like anything where it's like there weren't like just as many like wink and nods to other stuff um whether you know subtle or you know major plot point um, so I just felt like I was watching like a fun Star Wars adventure, um, rather than like, oh, here's another, here's another Easter egg for the wiki, um, kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, totally agree. Why don't we, uh, why don't we just start, um, kind of getting into the, the sort of outline of the episode and, and, uh, what all went down. Um, and, uh, it's funny, I was walking into work yesterday and one of my coworkers, you know, knows I get up early and watch it on Friday and he watches it Friday night. So he was like, well, how was the episode? You know, what, what was the deal? And I was like, it was cool. You know, I don't want to give anything away. And he's like, does it pick up where the last one left off? And I was like, well, literally yes, but otherwise, no, not really, you know, cause I think <laughs> what he was asking me is like, is this episode focused on Boba Fett again? You know? Yeah. Um, and it's not, but, uh, but the way it opens up is like very much like 
it just cut straight to the Mando on a speeder bike leaving, you know, um, where he got the Boba Fett armor from. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess what I've, uh, Moss, uh, <laughs> this is two weeks in a row oh, no. that I can't, uh, name the town Ma- and I've Ma- heard that Pelsey. Ma- <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's, uh, Moss Pelgo. I think Pelgo. Okay. Moss yeah. Pelgo. That's what it is. Yeah. Anyway. So it's, uh, just opens up with him, you know, on the way back from Moss Pelgo and, uh, you know, it's never addressed later on, but um, what's her name's uh, speeder bike? It's completely Amy Sedaris' speeder bike. gets like totally messed up, you know, destroyed. Um, but yeah, there's just some, I guess, like some random bounty hunter type uh, or criminal sort of thief characters out there in the uh, desert waiting to ambush him and uh, try to try to take baby Yoda, mm-hmm. uh, try to take the child. And that was not a good call. Not a good idea. No, um, that was like, I thought that that scene was just such a great opener. Like it was so fun as like the way it was like cutting back and forth between, you know, the Mando and the child on the bike. And like, obviously you see the Boba Fett helmet and, um, you know, like cutting back and forth between them and the, um, you know, the inhabitants who are setting the trap and like you as you start to realize like oh this is what the trap is and then like it kind of like builds some tension um and uh yeah and then it was just i mean everything that happened there was um super fun like there was like the the speeder crash was like awesome looking basically it was like pretty brutal um and then yeah, and then just like the fight scene there was just cool and tense. Um the like once um you know, once one of the I don't I don't even know what that species or people is, the one who like had the knife up to the child. Yeah, I was watching it. Both times I watched it, I was like, you know, I should know what this is and like what yeah. it's called and all that because I don't. I know it's not the first time we're seeing it, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, whoever it was, they were a dick. Yeah. Um, totally and yeah. Uh, yeah, they got uh, some just desserts in uh, in a very uh, very interesting fashion, um, which I think was like a little bit, um, you know, if you're. The show has done a good job reminding us that, like, if you're ever, you know, thinking that, like, the Mando's going a little soft in (laughs) parenting, uh, no, not really. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's funny because I've been watching, uh, I think I even mentioned it probably on the show already, but I've been watching a lot of horror movies lately. I'm trying to tone down on that now that uh, the Halloween season's over, but I've been watching a ton of horror movies lately, lots of shutter. And, um, I'm just starting to wonder, like, are we going to establish a a motif here, a running motif throughout uh, season two, where every episode ends with, uh, or opens, I should say, every episode opens with, uh, the Mando engaged in some kind of playful kill or something because he's starting yeah. to be like Michael Myers or, or, uh, you know, Jason Voorhees esque or something in the way that he like, you know, somebody gets killed in the beginning of every episode and, uh, it seems to amuse him that the, the creative ways he can find to, uh, to kill off these enemies. 
Totally. We're in like very like Jason X territory <laughs> right here with uh, some of these kills because like the what's the uh, what's the Star Wars terminology for a sleeping bag? Because I'm waiting for when he's going like, to get the sleeping bag against the tree treatment. Yeah. For, uh, for some, so somebody. Oof. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like this, the jetpack thing was just um I mean, for a second, I was like, oh, is he just going to, like, literally just, like, lose his jetpack now? Um, you know, and uh, is that just going to be gone? Um, yeah. Because, like, you know, it's one of those things. Like, it's, again, we talk about how video gamey um, this show is. But, mm. like, it would totally make sense if, like, it's the way, like, in, you know, in a in a Metroid game where you don't, like you know, you have your powers and then you lose them. Um, mm. Because, you know, there's there's certain, like, storytelling conceits that happen when someone has a jetpack or they don't have a jetpack. Like, if someone can fly, that changes things. Um, so I was honestly thinking, like, oh, maybe he will, like, lose that jetpack here and then he just won't have a jetpack. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, that was not the case as he, uh, you know, gives the jetpack um, as like uh, an exchange to for the child's protection. Right. Um, and then the the dude runs away with the jetpack and Mando activates it and sends him flying very high up in the air and then drops from the sky to the ground. Yeah. And presumably dies. Yeah, which was great. Um, and then uh he exchanges a little look with uh baby Yoda after it happens too, which is great. Like baby Yoda um kind of looks at him like, Wow, you did that, you know, and he just shrugs and you know, it's sort of like, Yeah, well, yeah, what are you gonna okay. do? Okay, yeah, there definitely was a shrug. Uh, did, yeah. Okay. I wasn't yeah. sure I was like, Did did Mando just shrug? He totally shrugged and, and happened. Yeah, he totally shrugged, and it and it made a big impression on me the first time I watched it. The second time I watched it, I was like, "Oh, it's more subtle than it like was in my head." You know what I mean? But it's definitely there. You know what I mean for sure. Like he he shrugs, and it's uh you know one of my favorite re- wrestlers, the Bruiserweight Pete Dunne. He's got this like thing that he does where he he does like this little shrug, like mm. you know after he'll totally like crush somebody or whatever, um like you know, he'll kind of look at the camera and do this like shrug thing. I don't know. It's hard to explain if you're not seeing me and nobody's seeing me, but um, yeah, yeah, it was like one of those moments for me. So I was like, yeah, you know, look what I did, but uh, I don't know. What are you going to do about it? You know what I mean? Sort of yeah. thing. So, uh, or w- what else can you do? I guess. Um, I, I love that whole sequence. Uh, like you said, um, I, I loved the paternal element of it too, or whatever, the protective mm-hmm. side of it, uh, which I do think was like just a little bit undercut by the fact that, you realize like, oh, I was never going to give my jetpack away anyways. I mean, I can control it from my wrist and totally murder this dude with it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But up until that point, like he told the dude, like, if you if you put one scratch on him, there's like nowhere you can hide from me. There's nowhere you'll be able to run yeah. to get away from me. Like I was like, yeah, that's awesome, you know? Yep. And uh, I think he would have done whatever he needed to do to get the child back, even if it did mean giving, you know, something of importance up. Um, there was a cutaway shot to... Boba Fett's helmet and I was wondering like you know what this would really satisfy a lot of the complaints I had last week when I was like um the storytelling is not focused on the child and it's just focused on this cool Boba Fett armor and if the first thing they did in chapter 10 was be like well you have to choose between this cool ass armor you just got um 
for, you know, whatever reason and, uh, and, and the child, um, it didn't come down to that, but that, that would have been an interesting, um, you know, kind of a conundrum for him. I mean, I think this was a better way to go cause it was fun and, uh, didn't take too long. And, um, that wasn't the focus of the episode or the story they were going to tell obviously, but, uh, they did cut to that armor to be like, Hmm, is he going to have to give the armor up? But you know, it didn't go that way. Yeah. And I think this kind of set the tone for the episode. Um, this episode was directed by Peyton Reed, um, who directed the Ant-Man movies. And I think it, this, that scene kind of set up like his style of humor, like slightly dark humor. Um, and I think there's, uh, yeah, there's definitely, um, some of that, there's definitely some insect whore, uh, in this episode, which we'll get <laughs> to, but I think it just, it really did a good job, like establishing like, oh, this is, this is a, a Peyton Reed episode. And like, I didn't, I didn't totally, I didn't know that until the end. I haven't. Um, I've been avoiding like looking to see who directed the episodes ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but like by the time we got to like the spider part, I was like, yeah, I think this is the Peyton, a Peyton Reed one. Yeah. Um, and then I was correct. Um, but yeah, I think that's, I think it's cool because especially in hindsight, you can like look back and be like, oh yeah, that, you know, you know, that that's very like Taika Waititi or, um, you know, <laughs> or Dave Filoni or whatever, mm. um, you know, John Favreau, um, and like Deborah Chow and stuff like you can really kind of like feel what the, um, you know, who, who headed the, the episodes that they, you know, this is, you know, John Favreau's and to like a lesser extent, Dave Filoni's show, uh-huh. but the directors that they bring in do get to like kind of do their own thing to a degree, it seems. So are you saying that in the episode in which uh, Ahsoka debuts, you'll know it was directed by Dave Filoni before it's over? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I mean, after all of the owls and the wolves, and everything <laughs> will start to probably get that feeling. Um, did you, Do you know what his character name is? Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't know if I... It's uh, Dave, Dave Filoni... Because he's he has a character in this episode. His yeah. name is like Wolf Trapper. Or something. Oh yeah, no, no, Trapper Wolf. It's Trapper, Trapper Wolf. Wolf. Trapper I, Wolf. I saw that. I knew that the other day, and I was like, "What are seriously?" <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Okay, uh, sure, cool. <laughs> okay, so great opening sequence, right? Then we cut back to uh, Tatooine. He meets up with um, man. Everybody else seems to know this character's name too, and I don't. But it's uh, Amy Steris's character, mm-hmm. um, and she's playing Sabak which I thought was fun. Mm-hmm. I need to go get some Sabacc cards like that. Hasbro Sabacc game is five bucks at Target all the time, and I never um, have picked that up, and I, I want to get the, the Hasbro Sabacc game. But anyway, she's playing um, Sabacc with a character. Is his name Dr. Mandible? Yes. Um, Dr. Mandible, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the uh, insect guy, which is really great. Like I, I uh-huh. love the... Uh, the rubber mask rubber suit element of this episode. Like it was a pretty, pretty solid rubber suit game in in Mm -hmm. this episode. Um, but yeah, she's playing Sabak with uh, Dr. Mandible and, um, you know, she, uh, she's able to very conveniently like playing Sabak. Oh, well, by the way, the guy that I'm with happens to know where you can find out information about Mandalorians (laughs) at the exact second that you came upon me. Um, 
but yeah, so that's uh, kind of the the conceit or whatever to um, to move that that kind of thing along. Um, and then uh, she sets him up with uh, the frog lady who mm-hmm. needs to get her eggs fertilized. Um, <laughs> which was cool. Uh, I don't know if we're supposed to know that species either, but Mando actually refers to her as he, well, he says like, I don't speak frog, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to call her the frog lady. I think, uh, do they do like a star Wars? I'm sure they do. They must do like a star Wars.com data bank entry for these episodes when they're over. Um, or maybe like Monday of next week or something. I bet they'll do it, but I didn't go to look for chapter nine to see if they put up like data bank entries, but there's probably all kinds of information about this stuff on starwars.com that uh we haven't bothered to look up shamefully but probably yeah but anyways this frog lady's got a backpack full of eggs and she needs to get them to um another planet where her husband is so they can be fertilized and she's uh well it's her her last set of eggs she's going to produce and um if she doesn't get some frog babies out of it then her family name is going to it's going to be the end of her family name or something like that. Um, the stakes are high. She's got to get these eggs yeah. fertilized, basically. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, uh, but I guess hyperspace is bagged for unfertilized frog eggs because um, that's one of the deals, too. Can't travel in hyperspace with, uh, with this cargo, so with this passenger. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of where the story is going in terms of him getting off of Tatooine and, and moving the plot forward for, for this episode, anything on, on that sequence you wanted to touch on, Ryan? Nope. I mean, I, I think, you know, you can go back to our solo episodes and know that we're huge fans of aliens playing cards. Um, yeah, Yeah. that's, that's a, you know, again, this episode just like continues to win me over by the minute. Yeah. 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 For sure. Um, cool. So yeah, then they end up, uh, you know, traveling in space, baby Yoda. Um, he's fascinated with these frog eggs from the get go. Um, and, uh, he's, uh, he's pretty interested in eating them. And, uh, he does that, um, in, in relatively short order for the first of a few times where he uh, breaks into the, to the stash of frog eggs and, and, uh, swallows them whole. So, um, but you know, in that sequence, when baby Yoda first goes downstairs and is investigating this backpack full of frog eggs or whatever, um, I loved, and I'm, I'm starting to wonder if, if, if it's going to be like a light motif or a recurring theme or whatever, but I loved the music there. Um, we didn't really touch on the music last week. I don't think if I'm no. remembering correctly, but the music, I feel like this season is a little, it's got a different vibe. I mean, the, the, the theme from season one is still there and, you know, and and uh, Ludwig Göransson is is definitely returning to some of that music, but uh, there's some different like textures and vibes in the music um, this season. Are you picking up on that too? Yeah, yeah, and there's um, some new. Um, I don't want to say like ambient, but um, like just wider music uh-huh. um, in there where it's not like everything's not like a full blown like orchestrated like hook yeah Um, there's some there's just some a lot more like subtle stuff where um but it still feels very in like the mando soundtrack wheelhouse yeah like seems like his his style still but um but yeah more reserved or i guess like 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I bet season one, it was a thing where it's like, okay, well, we're doing Star Wars music. And even though I'm going to do Star Wars music in my style and my method, it still needs to be like big and bombastic and, you know, mm-hmm. lots of instruments and stuff. And, uh, and I mean, it's not to say that there weren't like the Mandalorian, like the main theme um, shows up in, in some way toned down you know, ways in, in the first season too. But I just feel like overall, like as soon as you said that, I totally was like, yeah, exactly. You know, like it seems like everything was big and bombastic and, and huge in, in season one, as far as the music goes. And this, um, it actually, it almost has like a, it reminds me a little bit of Ray's theme. Um, not that the music is, is, or like the actual notes and, you know, melody and stuff is, is that similar to it necessarily or anything, but like just the way, like, um, when Ray's theme was introduced and in, in the force awakens, it was, I, I don't know what instruments or whatever it was, but, mm. uh, you know, kind of, um, it, it wasn't real big and, and tons of instruments and, and stuff like that. It was, uh, way more, um, kind of reserved and, and it has like, the, the music when, when baby Yoda is investigating the, uh, well, really, I think the music when, when we're in a baby Yoda centric scene, and that's why I'm wondering if this is like, this music is going to be sort of like the baby Yoda music, you know, if, uh, if there's going to be more sequences or are sort of him doing his own thing and, you know, exploring or wandering around or whatever, if, uh, if this is like the baby Yoda cue or something, um, or at least the instrumentation is, cause it's got like a little bit of like a, bells and holiday kind of i mean i'm sure he's not trying to you know do a holiday thing but almost like yeah i I got like christmas season vibes and you know kind of i don't know it's a totally different sound than we've heard before and uh i'm just curious if it's uh if it's like the baby yoda the child um motif or or music or whatever yeah um and something i just checked but they're not doing the um the soundtrack, soundtrack. The weekly soundtrack drop yeah because yeah. i was like oh i want to just actually like listen to these today um but they're not uh i just checked on apple music and they're not there yeah that's a bummer that was really fun and uh yeah i would totally listen to that that child you know music if that's what it is right now uh yeah yeah so well that's too bad but um yeah, I don't know. There's something childlike about that. And then maybe that's what I should have said initially, you know, um, maybe instead of like feeling like it has a Christmas vibe to it or something, it's got like almost like a childlike vibe and a, and a like a sense of wonder to it, I think maybe. Mm, yeah. Um, which is great. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, he eats he eats some of those eggs. So <laughs> it's just there's there's a there's like a, a pretty fun sort of humor to it, too, because it's like dad is always chasing baby around trying to get him to stop, um, you know, getting into things he's not supposed to get into in this case, like eating this lady's eggs, which are like of the most utmost importance to get them delivered to where they're supposed to go. And, uh, you know, the child's just trying to eat them up. So, um, I find that pretty amusing and it's something that, that continues throughout the episode, of course. But, uh, yeah, pretty much after that, um, they end up in, in a little bit of trouble with some, New Republic X-Wing pilots. And of course, this is something that um, was being discussed a lot or, or speculated upon after the, the trailers were coming out. Like, what's going to be the deal with the New Republic? What's going to be the deal with these X-Wings? Are they friendly? Are they not? You know, uh, what's the story? And uh, I don't think I would have guessed that it would play out the way it did, but uh, I, I, I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with 
with the way the, uh, the X-Wing pilot story kind of unfolded, um, in the episode. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe you can help me like get my facts straight on this, Ryan. Uh, they essentially pull him over in space and, uh, they want his license and registration and he doesn't Mm -hmm. want to give it to them because the razor crest, I guess, is associated with stuff from, is it because of what happened in chapter six of season one? The, the stuff with the, the prison thing. Yeah. Um, so this scene is, I, I really like this scene. Um, again, I, I keep using the word, but, uh, it felt tense. Um, even though we'd seen this in like trailers, um, and we knew that, you know, the Mando was going to be flying away from new Republic pilots and X-Wings. Um, it's still like the getting pulled over part of it, um, was tense um and it had uh you know like the kind of like a new hope vibes where um where they're um you know when they when they pull up in the falcon to and they have to like give their give their clearance codes and whatever Mm -hmm. um and you're kind of like waiting for like are they going to accept them? Are they not? And uh, or like in Jedi with shuttle Tidarium when they're trying to get through the the blockade or whatever, or not the blockade, but the the second Death Star uh, shield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that was more of what I was thinking about. Um, again, too many Death Stars. Um, but uh, yeah, I and I think like what I really liked about it was um, like mando's like yep i don't have that i'll get on that and uh and they're like we'll wait and you're like oh this is like there's no way out of this like yeah um and uh yeah and i think we kind of talked about this um in text but it's kind of like it's kind of showing what we already sort of know knew about like the transition from the empire to the new republic like the you know the the new boss is not much different than the old boss in a lot of ways and um and so there's still like you know it's it's still kind of like about law and order um just in like a different uh different guise and um and yeah i think i just liked all of this but um the reason that yeah he it all like <laughs> every kind of like conceit within the 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 exchanges between these two um the the two groups here um were all going back to that episode 6 because like on one hand they aided in the mando aided in you know infiltrating a new republic base and you know freeing a prisoner but mm-hmm. on the and like we find out later like he didn't you know they knew he didn't like kill uh this new republic officer um yeah matt lanter he tried to save matt lanter right yeah yeah so like he so like yeah it's it's ridiculous um well but let's let's stop on that for just a second though because um i think it was kevin who mentioned um in in our little chat we had going or whatever 
that like, yeah, it's kind of demonstrating the similarities between the Republic and, and the Empire and how the New Republic is, you know, kind of maybe bossing people around or, you know, has these, uh, Kevin put it more eloquently than that, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's kind of establishing this order and law and, you know, has to be maybe a little imperialistic or oppressive or whatever as a result. Um, and for sure that's there and it's really interesting and compelling, but, um, you know, I think like it also makes it pretty clear, I think by the end of the episode that, you know, while there's, that's a concern and that's an issue and it's, you know, a complicated issue or whatever, like these X-Wing pilots let him go, even though, you know, he's, he's, uh, a wanted criminal or whatever. Um, because, you know, they are more willing to kind of give people second chances or they're more willing to consider, you know, someone's heart or, you know, kind of their character or whatever. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, I mean, I can't imagine a couple of TIE fighter pilots being like, you know, sure. You know, like you you did us a solid before, so, you know, cool, we'll let you go or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, so it does, it, 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 it demonstrates those parallels while also drawing a distinction, I think, between them, which was pretty well done. Yeah. But they also, they quote unquote, let him go, but they also just kind of leave him to die. (laughs) Yeah. That's what Tasha said when we were watching. She's like, they're just going to let him die there or whatever. And it's like, well, yeah, I think in the show logic or whatever, they knew he wasn't going to die, which, you know, really, if we want to, if we want to kind of, you know, I don't know what emphasize or focus on that point. It's like, he could have just took off before all this spider stuff happened because if all he had to do was tell the frog lady, you're going to have to wait a long time to pee because you can't be in the hole when we take <laughs> off, you know, like actually they could have just left without him even having to fix the cockpit because the cockpit was fine. It was just the back, yep. you know what I mean? So, um, again, the logic and stuff is, uh, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're doing like pulpy serial storytelling here, not, uh, not hard, you know, sci-fi yeah. logic or whatever. That's true. And yeah. that would have been horrible if we didn't get to see the sp- spiders. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cause it was awesome. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. So well, we should talk about the X-Wing pilots though, too. Um, cause the scene was great, but, um, you know, I, I had to say this to you last night and, uh, I think it's pretty true. You were like, well, that scene was pretty tense. I liked it. And it's like, it's tough for a scene to be tense for me when it's Dave Filoni as the X-Wing pilot. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. said at the beginning of the episode, nothing took you out of it, but, uh, let's remember that Dave Filoni was one of the X-Wing pilots. That I, being I, said, that... I said nothing took me out of it except Dave Filoni. Oh, you did. Okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Although I, I, I have to say though, I'm going to give some props to Dave Filoni here because okay. I was endlessly irritated by his appearance in that, uh, that chapter six episode. Um, mm-hmm. which you know what, somehow this is crazy. I shouldn't even admit this on the air. Um, but somehow last night when I was like, are they talking about what happened in chapter six? Like I didn't even realize or think about the fact that like, yeah, that's the episode that Dave Filoni's X-Wing pilot was in. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. how he knows, you know what I mean? Yep. Duh. Like I just realized that right now. So I'm stupid, but, um, but no, like in that episode, I was really annoyed because it was like just cut to like a close up of him and he said something dumb and it was like, oh, Trapper Wolf, whatever. And I was like, oh, this is so <laughs> lame. But all that being said, he only had a few lines this time around. It was, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Paul, Paul Sun Hyung Lee uh, from, I think he's, uh, yeah, he's uh, from the star of King's Convenience and uh, friend of uh, our friends, uh, Force Material. Um 
he was the other X-Wing pilot and uh, he's great. I've heard him on Force Material a couple of times. I uh, haven't seen Kim's Convenience, unfortunately. Have you seen that show, Ryan? I have not, no. Yeah. Uh, I've well, heard I really good things though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's on Netflix too. So uh, I need to check that out. Um, but he seems like a totally awesome guy and uh, I thought he was great in, uh, in the episode here. And he did the heavy lifting as uh, as the other X-Wing pilot in terms of acting and delivering mm-hmm. dialogue and stuff. And he was totally believable and really good. Yep. Um, but Dave Filoni was pretty good. I got to say, he wasn't yeah. he was pretty good. He was fine. He's totally fine. I think yeah, he's fine. 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 In, fine is he's fine in the other episode too. After no, he's he tucked in that up there. He, he, you know, <laughs> he's tucked in that one. That was, that sucked. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I, I didn't like, I didn't actually mind. I like, again, like I don't mind this stuff. Like, it doesn't like make me mad or like make me want to like shut off the TV or, you know, leave a one star review on letterbox or whatever. Like it just makes me notice it. And then I'm like, Oh, I'm watching a star Wars product. Yeah. Like, it's not like, Oh, I'm watching star Wars. It's like, no, I'm, I'm watching a, a, you know, a, a product. And like, that's, that's why I just, yeah. That's why all of the nods and Easter eggs and stuff like just they just take me out of it every yeah. time. Yeah. And the more subtle they are, the less they tend to do that. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, even though this was very obviously Dave Filoni as the X-Wing pilot, like I don't feel like this episode ever intentionally called attention to that. But I think yeah. like the whole point of those X-Wing pilots, not the whole point of it, but like it was very much like, hey, we're going to do a nice long close-up shot on each pilot so that you can be like, hey, there's Deborah Chow. There's, you know, Rick Famuyiwa. There's Dave Filoni. Like, they just, it, it just, the way it was put together in that episode really, I think, just called attention to it in an annoying mm-hmm. way to me. And this time around, it was like, well, yeah, he was the dude the last time. So, unfortunately, I, I bet Dave Filoni hated that too. You know what I mean? Like, because it sounds like from hearing him talk about it, like it, he didn't really want to do the uh the cameo as the x-wing pilot and i think it was favreau maybe who was yeah we want all the directors to do it right they talked about on the gallery episode literally tried to get out of it yeah he tried to book a flight so he wouldn't be there right yeah so (laughs) so so then when they when they're writing this episode for season two it's like oh well we uh, we definitely need um we definitely need one of those x-wing pilots to be there and the other two uh i don't know is deborah chow doing i don't think she's doing mando season two episode is she and and, and probably deep in Kenobi. Yeah, and Rick Famuyiwa uh, is. Um, I think he's developing that uh, that film for Lucasfilm, the non-Star Wars film for Lucasfilm right now. So he's probably busy too. I think he has an episode this season. Oh, does he? Okay. I so well, I hope so. But anyway, um, yeah, it was like Filoni, you're going to have to be back, and you know, probably better than ever, like Wat Tambor, you know. So um, anyway, yeah, but I. I I liked the the interaction between the man. I think Pedro Pascal or, you know, that the Mandalorian character was pretty funny in that scene too. It's like, yeah, I don't think I have. Oh, there it is. Never mind. You know, like that whole thing was pretty well done and, and the comic timing was good. And yeah, it just played out really yeah. well. It was, it was good stuff. Yep. Across the board. Um, and then the, you know, the little chase sequence down through the, the atmosphere and onto that icy planet. Turns out it's not Ilum. It's just some icy planet with spiders in it, you know, so all that debating about the trailer, like, oh, it's, it's probably Ilum, you know, whatever. Like, I don't think so. Um, yeah. But yeah, that whole like flight sequence is really fun. I still 
you know, six or more years into the uh, Disney Star Wars era, I still get a kick out of, um, you know, starfighters in, in atmosphere, which we've gotten a lot of, but, uh, it's still really fun. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so I thought that was shot really well, um, directed really well, a great little chase sequence there. Um, then, uh, obviously the crash and, uh, you know, it's about survival from then on. Um, I mean, I don't know that I really, it's like all about the spiders, right? I mean, we could try to yeah. go beat by beat, like leading up to the spiders, but it's all, it's all about the spiders. We should touch on the hot springs, I suppose. Oh yeah. The sexy hot spring sequence, you know what I mean? Where Mando's maybe a little tempted to hop in there with frog lady, or I'm not sure what's run through his mind there, but, um, probably not that I don't, that is definitely not what I thought. <laughs> no. <laughs> But that is all you. <laughs> no, I didn't think that either. I just thought it was funny because it's like that that is maybe, you know, in a different scenario, like a different character. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, well, where, where'd they go? Because he puts on his little heat sensing goggles to see yeah. visor or whatever to see where she went. And it's like, you know, if it was some other uh, character, some other female character and he, you know, found her in the hot springs, you know, naked or whatever, it might be like one of the probably played in that way, you know, played for that kind of moment. Like. Yeah. Whoa, this is uh, awkward, or you know what I mean, like something like that. But uh, a very anime thing. Yeah, yeah. So, but I love that because I just think it's hilarious to have it be like a frog lady, you know, in yeah. the, in the hot springs. Of course, it she had it, she had her eggs floating around with her, so I yeah. guess that that would kill any uh, any spicy vibes that uh, might might be yeah. <laughs> uh, communicated in that moment. But but uh, yeah. no, I thought that was cool. And again, there's another great like Mando having to yell at the child for trying to eat her eggs moment there. Mm-hmm. Fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the alien homage, I think it's hard to, uh, hard to interpret that in any other way. Right. Um, the, yep. the spider eggs definitely had like that, the alien, you know, 1979 alien, um, face hugger scene kind of, uh, homage going on there. Yeah. So like if we're, if we're using wrestling lingo, the mm-hmm. moment where I popped yeah. was when, uh the child had opened it opened up the egg and was like pulled out the spider which is like nasty it looks like a face hugger mm-hmm. basically it mm-hmm. has all like the goop um very similar to the face huggers and then in the background behind it you see like an egg start to shake yeah yeah and that was where i was like this rules yeah 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 and it was like the second time i watched it i did okay with it but the first time i watched it like five o'clock in the morning um i was pretty creeped out by these spiders like I, i'm not gonna lie like when they were chasing them and stuff i was like this now this is tense dave filoni pulling somebody over isn't tense to me but this this is tense you know yeah um so yeah and i think you know obviously we should touch on the fact that um I think this is very inspired and I don't know how you feel about it, Ryan, but I like it. Um, very inspired by the, the Ralph McQuarrie. Um, there's a concept art piece of, I think Luke in a snowy or icy cave and there's a big white, you know, spider monster. Um, I don't know if you thought of that when, when you were watching this or not, but I think it's, no, I saw people talking about that on Twitter, but I couldn't picture the, the artwork. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought of that right away, but I think they referenced it or did something similar with it in Rebels, which Rebels did a lot of that, so no surprise there. Um, but I think it's been kind of front of mind for me. 
I don't know. I think I think it's one of the one of the Macquarie concept art pieces that pops up pretty often. So, um, mm. yeah. Maybe if I saw it, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, it's that." But. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so that was cool. Um, I think the creatures look great. I like the fact that there was like tiny ones, medium sized ones, the giant one, obviously. Um, yeah. And that was a fun reveal. It's like, oh, there's all these little babies, and that's kind of creepy enough on its own. And then. Yeah. You know the the bigger ones start showing up and uh, like oh you know and then of course the the giant one too yeah the giant one full of teeth yeah it was it was like a walking sarlacc pit yeah and you're a token guy like oh I totally thought sarlacc too like when the when it did yeah. the mouth thing um and yep. that's that's a little lab. what's that she lab what's she lab the spider in. Uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, okay. Hobbit. Yeah. Like probably um, somewhat intentionally evocative of that too, right? Yep. I th- I thought of that as well. Yeah. Yeah. But no, the mouth thing, like the mouth, I totally got Sarlacc vibes. And then also, I mean, that's obviously an alien thing too, right? Like the, yeah. the close up on the mouth and stuff. I don't know if it had more than one mouth or not, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Very alien there too. So. No, I mean, that was just like all my favorite stuff, like all in one scene. <laughs> like yeah. it was, you know, alien lord of the rings star wars all together so wonderful and a great balance too because people talk about like horror and star wars and stuff which you know i think is cool but um i don't think you can really for my tastes anyways i don't think you can really go too far into the the horror you know kind of area with star wars and have it still feel you know star warsy or whatever or i guess if you did a project that was like you know, it like Vader's castle, you know, where it's like, okay, yeah, we are going to do the horror thing and that's going to be like the primary element of it. But as far as like bringing horror elements into, you know, a more kind of typical Star Wars um, format, I think like this was a good, the right balance of it. You know what I mean? Um, where it didn't, it didn't go too creepy and too dark, but um, like I said, definitely still kind of scared me a little bit or, or, you know, freaked me out. Yeah. I guess it was, um, I a, it was a good balance of like, um, sorry, uh, a good balance of like horror and um, fantasy. Yeah, for sure. Um, which I think like it just, I mean, it felt like, especially the portrayal um, in uh, the Lord of the Rings um, films. And I think like, um, because um, I just, I just rewatched all the extended editions of Lord of the Rings um, a couple of weeks ago. Um and i was like in the return of the king extended edition there's like a ton of horror stuff in it um more so than the theatrical cut um and i always kind of like forget about it and then when i watch it i was like oh yeah this is peter jackson like kind of going back to his horror roots yeah um and but like it never goes all the way um and yeah i think it's like it's that same kind of vibe where um where it's like just to the edge but like it's not going to you know it's not going to be start using like total like horror techniques and like become like you know that style of storytelling yeah um but i do like i do really appreciate it um when it's there and like i also think like you know i'm extremely open to some sort of uh you know, Star Wars project down the road um, to just kind of like really lean into the horror. Um, 
in you know the way we got like you know tales from vader's castle like a, a little bit that's more like fun pulpy horror yeah, yeah. um but then there was like that red harvest novel mm-hmm. um years ago which was like kind of like leaning into the horror stuff a bit more but i think like i think we've seen enough stuff in the disney era that like there's some like pretty uh pretty creepy stuff out there yeah like poor um, gullet uh, yeah poor gullet for sure um you know spiders um you know the uh mustafar stuff yeah. um be pretty creepy um yeah so um x goal um yeah i think like i think they're all could... the uh all the star wars rebels and resistance episodes that do the like corridor derelict spaceship plotline yeah totally yeah i think like it would be cool if we could get like I don't know, maybe just like one film yeah. that like into that at some point. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. Maybe so. But I think, you know, yeah, I, I would be open to that too, for sure. Um, I think though, like the thing with Vader's castle, even though it is like kind of kiddie and campy and just pulpy and fun, um, you know, from like page one, like we're not even going to try to tell like a standard star Wars story or I shouldn't say standard, but like, you know, we're in a different genre right now. Like we're not even yeah. trying to play around with that. You know what I mean? And so I think you, you could do that, you know, like, or they could do that if they, if they, if they said like, you know what, we're going to go horror in the star Wars universe and like, you know, come along for the ride. I think if you knew that going into it or it established that like pretty quickly, like that could be fun. Like maybe a Halloween special or something, you know what I mean? On Disney plus yeah. something like that could be definitely cool. But I think like what I'm, what I'm thinking or feeling is like, if you're, if you are doing a star Wars story, you know what I mean? Like a, a more of a, like the, like the, like what this is or a star Wars movie or like rogue one, like has the, uh, the Mustafar stuff in it or whatever. It's like, yeah, you, you can bring horror in. I just think like, you know, it's about finding the right balance or whatever, um, yeah. in that kind of setting. So, and they did, they did really well uh, with that here, I think. Yep. For sure. Yeah um so yeah like really cool uh, dude it was claustrophobic too when they get into the razor crest and those little baby oh. spiders are trying to get back in and yeah. and and man oh, a spider on baby yoda's head i kept waiting like Ooh. is it gonna like have an alien like another mouth come out and like start sucking out baby yoda's brains or something you know what i mean like because <laughs> the way it was positioned there it was creepy um yeah. so uh and that was a fun moment too um when <laughs> the frog lady saved him it was like, you know, the uh, the blaster bolt took out the spider on top of the child's head and then, you know, cut to the the reverse shot to to show that it was the frog lady who saved him. I don't know if she knows he ate like half of her eggs or not, but it was the frog lady that yeah. saved the child there. So, yeah, um, that was good. I think something we forgot to mention now, speaking of like uh, yep, um, ass- yep. assertiveness from the frog lady is when she uh, there's a communication gap throughout the episode. Um, but because of the languages and the lack of an interpreter droid, because Mando hates droids, but the frog lady, um, reprograms, uh, one of the, one of the dead droids in the Razor Crest, um, to interpret and is very assertive about, uh, Mando fulfilling his end of the bargain. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. She's like, she's going to do what she has to do. And I think it's, it, you know, it kind of comes back to something else we haven't touched on yet, but is an important part of this episode. 
Um, cause on the surface, this episode is very much just like a fun adventure. You know what I mean? Um, for the Mandalorian and it has this cool like spider sequence and it has this cool, like, you know, chase sequence with the X-Wings and stuff and even opens up with a cool action sequence, you know? So it's just a very fun kind of adventure filled, um, uh, episode, but at the heart of it too, you know, it's pairing two parental figures and their, you know, um, their children, in, in, on some level. And, uh, it's about their need to protect those, those children. And, uh, I thought there was, you know, obviously that's, that's, uh, kind of featured in, in different places in the episode. You know, one of the, I think this moment you brought up where she like, is like, okay, I have to reprogram this droid or do bypass it or whatever. Um, so that I can make it clear to this dude, like, no, I will not accept, you know, um, letting these eggs die like i i won't accept that we have to push on um that was great and then there's like more subtle things too uh i mean even you know obviously the whole opening of the episode is about mando saving the child and um but then there's like there's a shot where (laughs) he's like uh where they're going is gonna go to sleep for a little bit or whatever and it's gonna get cold in the ship um and i loved it because she took her little shawl off and she put it around the egg backpack tank thing um, and then baby Yoda, like, you know, cuddled up to the Mandalorian and, you know, laid against the Mandalorian. Um, and it was just like kind of a nice symmetry there of, uh, of the, the kind of pairing of the, the parental figure and the, and the child and, the um, not the child is in baby Yoda, but their, their children or whatever, you know? So, uh, yeah, yeah it's just nice. Um, yeah, so. Uh, okay. And that brings us to the end of the episode then, which, uh, features the return of those X-Wing pilots. I don't know how they lost him for all those hours and then found him again, but they did, uh, which was nice. And, um, and they clear off all those spiders and save the day, um, and have the exchange that we kind of already talked about, but where they tell him, look, we know you're a decent guy, so we're going to let you go this time. Um, I thought it was fun too, how the Mando was like trying to bargain with them. Like, I'll give you these carbonite slabs or I won't take the bounty on these guys if you uh, help me fix my ship. And they were like, maybe you just be grateful that we're <laughs> going to let you go at all, dude. See you later, <laughs> you know. Um, so, yeah, that was good, too. Yeah. 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 But uh, so that's that's it. That's that's uh, basically our, our rundown of uh, what chapter 10, the passenger. Um, like we said at the top, I, I loved uh, the episode. I feel like a lot of times. Um, a lot of episodes in the Mandalorian, um, they don't need to, and we touched on it last week, you know, I tried to kind of make the point that they don't necessarily need to tell some larger, you know, bigger, ambitious kind of thing. Um, but, uh, I really enjoyed the fact that even though this was mostly like a fun adventure focused episode, um, it, it, even if it was like a subtle, you know, relatively subtle thing, like this episode was about the Mandalorian and the child and about his devotion to the child or his, you know, mission to protect the child. And, uh, they found a way to do really fun stuff with the storytelling and, and and kind of put them on a fun adventure without, you know, losing track of that. And, uh, not to relitigate my complaint with chapter nine, but I, I do feel chapter nine lost the focus on that, obviously in favor of other things. And, uh, so I love this episode because it, it it did come back to, you know, the part of the story that I connect with more, which is the relationship between the Mandalorian and the child. Um, and, and, um, 
and it did so while still kind of just being like a fun adventure episode. So um, it's kind of perfect to me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, uh, and you know, it kind of uh, leaves on, um, it, it feels like a two-parter too, because like, it wasn't uh it wasn't a one on done one and done where like mando had a problem solved the problem moves on like he's still kind of in the problem um when the episode ends yeah. so they're they're going to continue to um this planet where frog lady's husband um will uh, you know have uh have information about where to find mandalorians yeah yeah um hopefully ostensibly um that that'll happen Uh, i'm not in a rush to get to these under mandalorians or anything um and i kind of like the fact that they're um they're they're willing to like kind of take their time with that or whatever that's another thought i had as i was watching chapter 10 it was like yeah pretty clear we're not going to get to any mandalorians and uh you know they're not um hyper focused on like you know jumping from point a to point b like they're willing to to spend a whole episode on just some like spider horror, you know, um, on, on the way to getting to the, to some Mandalorians. Um, but I'm, I'm, I am curious, like, um, and I'm, I'm happy to wait and see, but I'm curious to see, uh, is this going to be one of those things where, okay. Yeah. Like, you know, there was the Boba Fett detour and there was the spider horror detour, but then like, here we go. Chapter three, he's going to find some Mandalorians and then, you know, we're going to start digging into that stuff or is it going to be more like, He'll get a little more, you know, he'll get a little closer to finding a Mandalorian or maybe, you know, he'll get a glimpse of one. And then, you know what I mean? I I don't know how it's going to play out as far as that goes. Yeah, it um, again, coming back to video games, um, it reminds me a ton of uh, the original Shenmue um, (laughs) on the Dreamcast, because like there's just this whole chunk of the game where you're looking for sailors Mm. and so like you just like every person you talk to you're like do you know any sailors i need to find some sailors (laughs) and um and then eventually someone's like hey i think i know where some sailors are do this like side quest and like then you'll find a person who knows where the sailors are (laughs) and then you're like oh that's not the sailor you were looking for. Let's look for more sailors. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's like, it's like this eight hour stretch of the game. Um, but yeah, it just, it, it totally reminds me of that. And I'm not even mad about it. Huh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see uh, how it, how it goes as far as that goes. I mean, I'll, as long as they get to Luke Skywalker by chapter 16, I think that's all that matters, right? Yeah. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> okay all right so um well we'll look forward to chapter 11 uh next friday but um you know uh there's just a couple other things I wanted to, to kind of touch on here uh in this episode as far as uh what's been happening with star wars lately um uh, first of which i guess you know still very much connected to mandalorian is the mando monday thing uh i'm not gonna lie ryan as as great as the first mando monday was um Mando Monday number two was the day before the uh, U.S. presidential election, and uh, I had work that day, and I just uh, I wasn't really thinking about it, and I totally forgot to even check the site on Mando Monday, November 2nd, uh, you know, the second Mando Monday. Uh, I think same for you, right? Like, neither one of us remembered to check it out? Yeah. 
same. Yeah. So um, I don't know if they did like a video or not. I'm, I'm not seeing anything that makes it seem like they did like a whole nother video or anything. So maybe the video part of it was just that first week, which would yeah. make tons of sense, you know. Um, but as far as the product reveals and things like that, uh, it, 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 I am impressed that they seem to be like thematic and related to the episode. So a lot of the product that was revealed um, last week on Mando Monday was stuff having to do with Cobb Vanth and Boba Fett and that kind of thing. Um, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we knew they couldn't keep up the pace of like tons of uh, products like they had the first week, but um, they've got like, what kind of stuff do they have? Like, well, like I said, they have the Convat, Cobb Vanth cardboard stand up and Cobb Vanth t-shirt. Um, quite a few pins as well. Um, quite a few Build-A-Bear products, quite a few kind of yeah. plushy, uh, plushy um, child stuff. Some pop mm-hmm. sockets, if you're into that. Although now, you know what, Ryan? Now I'm not seeing the Cobb Vanth cardboard stand-up, which I had seen earlier. Where is he? No, he's on here somewhere. I'm not seeing that either. Yeah. He's on here. I know he's on here. Okay. I saw him. Where'd he go? I saw the well, t-shirt. I saw the, the, there's a couple, there's a few t-shirts. There's a lot of t-shirts. Yeah. Mostly yeah. from Fifth Sun, it seems like. Uh, there's yeah. a Crate Dragon t-shirt. Yeah. Okay. No, it's down here. Here it is. Okay. So below that, Mando Monday, all products inspired by last week's episode. Wow. And then it's like a million okay. t-shirt. Yeah, there we go. There's that. There's a Marshall stainless steel tumbler. <laughs> um, yeah. Pop socket. So does this mean next week? There's going to be like spider toys. I mean, I think possibly, right? Yeah, could be. Okay. Could be. Okay. I don't know about toys, but at least like pop sockets and stuff, you know, things that you can produce pretty quickly. Yeah. Um I'll get a I'll get a t shirt that's just like an all over print shirt of just like the spider. spiders. Yeah. Just tons of spiders. Yeah. Yeah. So um yeah, I mean, you know, we don't have to go through product by product or anything, but I think, uh, you know, my overall thing is like, I'm impressed that they're they're able to kind of coordinate um, product drops, seemingly every week product drops that are uh, specific to, you know, what's going on in the season at the time and in the episodes and stuff. And uh, yeah, I mean, I suppose in this day and age, it's not too hard to put out a billion different t-shirts or whatever, but um, man, yeah, there's, uh, if, if you want any, if you love this episode and you want some chapter nine merchandise there is plenty of it to go around yeah it's also um kind of fascinating that none of this leaked yeah because there's like a ton of just like boba fett helmets (laughs) happening here right 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 Uh, i'm shocked we didn't see that stuff ahead of time yeah yeah no i mean i i yeah totally agree um but it's pretty good, like pretty cool stuff. So, um, child and womp rat T-shirt, kind of cool. Oh no, never mind. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Never mind. Sorry. I hate it. Wait, what? Uh, <laughs> there's a shirt. It's called the Child and Womp Rat shirt, and it features the concept art um, from uh, from the episode with the child and a womp rat. And they put that on a T-shirt, which I was like, great idea. And then I looked at it more closely, and at the bottom it says "Little Womp Rat." And uh, I hate that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Reminds me <laughs> of like when you see like a t-shirt with an NES controller on it, which I don't really need a t-shirt with an NES controller on it, but you know, I'm not too, too offended by that. And then like, you know, 
it says classically trained since 85 or something. And it's like, no, I don't need you to tell me like, I hate that. You know what I mean? So one of those things. Yeah. That's probably my least favorite t-shirt ever of all time. Yeah. Classically trained since 85. I can't stand that. I hate it. Mm. Sorry about that. Somebody listening probably has, well, actually it's not a huge sample size, but uh, anyway, um, Adidas Mandalorian collection. That's cool too. Put out some, some Adidas shoes, but, uh, yeah. All right. Well, I think that's enough on Mando Mondays. Like some cool stuff. Looking forward to uh-huh. next week. Um, I'm more likely to buy a uh, Space Spider shirt than a Cobb Vanth shirt. So we'll see what happens next yeah, week. Totally. I mean, I'm I'm all in for Space Spider merch. Um, I will say I went to, um, I was at Target yesterday picking up some essentials. As always, stopping by the Star Wars section, um, which uh, it's getting, it's kind of robust right now at my local Target. Oh, yeah. Um, we have have uh, the same spot in the aisle as usual um which is just a bunch of mostly empty pegs where the yeah. um vintage collection black series and vintage collection figures should be um but there's a ton of dark sabers mm-hmm. there now there's like those new like weird like um like really young kid toys like the the like micro oh yeah, ones. yeah have yeah. you seen those yeah um yeah. Yeah, they're like definitely for like a younger audience, right, right, um, right. but they seem like fun to play with. Um, so there's that. There's um, a rack in like the middle, um, like outside of the aisles, which has all the Galaxy's Edge stuff, which um, also the plushies have been restocked, mm. like the creature plushies, which I know people were really trying to get. So if you're still looking for those... Um, hit up your target um, because they're cute and they make cute noises and they're fun. Um, And then there's also um, an in cap with um, that's just kind of like a mix of galaxy's edge and Mando merch um, at my target. And so I got to end also for some reason, a a plush Babu Frick um, is, is just there as well. Um, which I hadn't seen before and is pretty cool. Um, but I got to um, see the like $60 animatronic uh, child figure um, like in person. Okay. Um, I, I did not buy one, um, although I was tempted, but um, you can actually like, you know, test it out and check it out. And it's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, I think that's, that feels like one of the, um, maybe like one of the focal points of you know the recent mando merch mm. um and uh you know because that's the one that pedro pascal loves <laughs> um yeah that we saw from the first mando monday so i got to see that um that in person and uh it's uh it's it's really cool i like it um haven't decided if i'm gonna pick one up or not but um it's it's cool nice yeah maybe black friday sale or something they'll have something a good promotion or, or something like that yeah uh, yeah cool yeah i would be uh thrilled um if uh if vintage collection figures started to uh you know be present in stores a little more um and not just the first wave of vintage collection figures from 2018 or whatever it is but you know new ones yeah. like if i started to see like the mandalorian vintage collection figures that's that's the dream for me to go to the store and uh have you know a little bit of a selection of of some of those vintage collection figures like actually be present on the shelves and you know 
um, be able to pick one up here and there. So, cause my star Wars toy, I haven't really bought any star Wars toys, um, to be honest, since, uh, basically when I got like the first wave or only wave, I suppose of, uh, rise of Skywalker figures. Um, you know, I bought a, we, we both did, we bought a bunch of that stuff back when that was coming out and, uh, you know, that was fun. And, uh, since then I really haven't seen new star Wars toys in the store that I would want to buy. And, um, I have some pre-ordered online, but I'm, I'm just not as into like pre-ordering stuff online and, and get, getting toys that way. It's way more of a, I'm at the store. Hey, look at that, you know, whatever Moff Gideon vintage collection toy swing in there. Like I need that and I'll grab it and buy yeah. it, you know? Um, but that is not an opportunity that we get too often these days, unfortunately. So, yeah, I've gotten like a few, I got some of the empire strikes back retro figures, um, and a couple vintage collection figures, but those were all just like mail order. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I haven't like actually bought a star Wars figure in the store since, probably the rise of Skywalker or whatever forced Friday. Right. Cause it wasn't just as a Skywalker. Yeah. But yeah, that was the last time. Yeah. Um, all right, well let's move on to, uh, let's move on to talking about the, uh, the full trailer for the Lego star Wars holiday special that, uh, dropped earlier this week. Um, we'd seen a, a pretty decent glimpse of it already in a teaser, I guess you'd say. But uh, it's coming out a week from Tuesday, so what, 10 days or so from now. So, uh, yeah, they dropped a nice uh, full trailer for it. And I think both of us were thrilled with it. Right, Ryan? Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, I I talk about, uh, you know, when when you when you shouldn't lean heavily into fan service mm-hmm. um, and references and stuff. This is a time that you should do that. Like, this is where you just get Lucasfilm just needs to get all that out of their system <laughs> in something like this, and then we can just enjoy it for what it is and then move on with new content in the new content. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's very referential, it's very irreverent. Um, makes obviously lots of bad, corny you know, kind of cheesy jokes or whatever. Um, bad joke city. Yeah, bad yeah. joke city, yeah. And that's what you expect from Lego Star Wars, and it's fine. Yeah. Um, but I just think it looks like it's going to be super, super fun. Uh, I love that it's focused on Rey. I love seeing Rey running around with her yellow lightsaber, which I've kind of turned the corner on. Um, <laughs> I was initially a, uh, I don't know, I just wanted to be blue or green kind of person. But uh, the more I see it, the the shock has worn off, and... I guess I can handle a yellow lightsaber here or there. So uh, I'm cool with that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just fun to see, um, to see, you know, a Ray story. And I think it'll just be a, uh, a really, I mean, overusing the word here, but I think it'll just be really fun to, to have this new kind of Lego star Wars thing to watch. I love that it's holiday focused or holiday themed. Cause I'm into that sort of thing, like holiday specials and stuff. So, um, no, I think I'll watch it a couple times coming up over this holiday season, and uh, and yeah, I just love the idea of a of a new holiday special, and you know, especially if it's the kind of thing where you know I watch it really closely once or twice, and then after that, it's like just fun to put on in the background or whatever, you know, during the holiday season or something. Uh, yeah, I couldn't be more excited, so I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, and I think like people really just need to understand the ridiculousness of it and <laughs> accept that. Um, cuz I've I mean there's already been people mad on the internet 
about this. Yeah. Um, and like, there's literally a scene where Ray is fighting Darth Vader on top of Anakin's pod racer, and then, uh, like Revenge of the Sith, Anakin comes flying into the screen yeah. as she's fighting Darth Vader, and then they see the Mandalorian and the child. Yeah. Like that I feel like that kind of sums up like don't hurt your brain <laughs> like being like trying to make this make sense or um you know trying to fit it into canon or whatever like just don't don't even like think about it. Yeah, like it couldn't be more clear that it's just supposed to be fun, right? I mean like that's yeah, yeah silly. Um and actually I I don't did we know that the Mandalorian and the child were going to be in it when Oh. So that was a pretty fun reveal too, and I love that even Ray is like, "Oh, baby Yoda's so cute." You know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. Um, perfect. Yeah, yeah. And I will say too, like obviously this is like a saga spanning, you know, thing, the story and, and all that. But um, yeah, I think from the trailer it makes it clear that it's all through Ray's perspective. You know what I mean? Like some of the dialogue is like, "Oh, it's my master, and my master's master, and my master's father, and you know whatever." And it's just like, I I like the idea of like a tour through the star Wars galaxy uh, or, or sort of story and universe as silly as it's going to be like from Ray's perspective, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, Hey, like this yeah. is, this is kind of the new hero character and like, let's, let's follow her through all of this. And uh, I think that's a fun way to, to, like I said, kind of visit all of the different characters and eras of star Wars, but also have it be, you know, kind of focused on, on Ray and all the Millennium Falcon scenes and stuff. It, it, it's pretty clear that the framing device, and I mean, you can tell even from the synopsis they put out and stuff, but the framing device and the overall, like, I don't know, kind of anchor of the show is the sequel trilogy characters. Um, and, and Ray specifically then going and revisiting all this stuff. So, um, yeah. if any character is going to be like learning a lesson about the holidays or whatever, it's going to be Ray or Ray and the sequel characters. And so, um, it's, I think both, I don't know, um, serving fans of all eras of star Wars and focused primarily on the sequel, you know, trilogy character, um, at the same time. So, yeah. You know who we don't see in this trailer though? Mm. Don't say don't shirtless Ben Solo. Cause we do see that. Oh yeah, but we don't we do see shirtless Ben Solo, and there is a reference to that, mm-hmm. um, of course. But we don't see like Kylo Ren interacting with Rey, mm. which I yeah. think um, could could be like I would assume will be part of the story because like you look at the poster and it's like they're the two biggest characters oh, on okay. the poster. Yeah, so. Um, I, uh, I just like man, I, I just wonder, lightly with that that'll be interesting <laughs> yeah I just wonder what that's going to be and uh yeah and I think it's just it's also another time like no matter how you feel about any of this like what's you know how the sequel trilogy shook out and stuff like we gotta like take this as what it is yeah because exactly. <laughs> uh yeah it's um it's very silly um and then what were your thoughts on the the last scene the the han solos oh uh, i don't know i mean that i didn't have any particular reaction to it i guess um you know okay. other than like it's 
crazy that like you have, you know, it just tells you, just tells you right there, like this is not a canon story or this is not a story that like needs to make any sense. Like who cares? You know what I mean? So yeah. I guess that would be my takeaway. Why? What, what I, I, I was more like talking in reference to like the who shot first thing. Oh, is that what they talk about? I don't even pay attention, I guess maybe, but what do they say? Oh, um, or maybe I shouldn't say uh, like, I didn't pay attention, but like I didn't care enough to even keep that in my. <laughs> um. So like Greedo's standing there, and uh, old old Han Solo says, "Do you want to shoot first? Huh? And then he says, "And then young Han Solo says, "After you." Oh, okay. Um, and so it's a Han shot first joke. I guess my thoughts on that are that, um, Han who who shot first, Han or Greedo, um is something that was interesting for a little while 20 years ago and then became really annoying and then got even more annoying and then people thought it was funny and it was never funny and now it's just like so yeah i I just i i would like to never think about or talk about or hear about (laughs) who shot first ever again in my life um whether it's in a funny way or a serious way or a mad way or whatever like it, I have zero interest in that whatsoever at all at this point in my life. Same. Okay. That was like, that was the, that was the only part where I was like, and it's again, it's like, I could accept everything that came before, but God, don't make that joke. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And if we have like, like Jack Porkins show up or some other thing from like 25 years ago discourse, like I'm, I'm not going to make it. Yeah, the who shot first thing is just like the most Walmart ass, like, you know, I don't know, just, ugh, God, I, ugh, no. Also, that reminds me last night, um, I shouldn't even say this, we were watching the episode, and uh, when, it, when, it, when it showed the X-Wing pilots or whatever, um, Tasha was like, is that Porkins? And I was like, I don't know, I don't know if she was talking about Paul um, or Dave, but either way, like, rude, you know, so, um, and no, it wasn't Porkins, he's dead. I told her, I was like, he's dead. You know, this is after Return of the Jedi. So, nope. Yeah. But, uh, um, all right. Well, let's move on to our, <laughs> our last topic here, Ryan, which is that the Star Wars Celebration shop is back and badder than ever. Also, like Wat Tambor. Um, it's, it's interesting because, you know, they, they tried to uh, get all of us who bought passes to Star Wars or tickets to Star Wars Celebration. Um, to be excited about buying Star Wars Celebration merchandise earlier this summer um, after it was canceled. And it was like, oh, the shop's only going to be up for so long and then it'll be gone. And, you know, it's like, okay, cool, whatever. Um, And now they've reopened the Star Wars Celebration shop with like even more merchandise from Star Wars Celebration than was on the initial drop. Um, I'm sure this is all stuff that they had in various stages of development and uh, production and couldn't really unproduce and so they are trying to sell it um if that sounds like cynical or you know unkind on my part uh like i don't mean it to come off that way it just is what it is um yeah. some of the merchandise is really cool you know and a lot of it is not like super specific to star wars celebration so it's not like it's not cool but um I, yeah, I just, I, and I know people will buy some of this stuff, you know, which is great, but, um, also just like, yeah, uh, it's a lot of merchandise in one, one place. And, um, 
I feel like they might have trouble selling some of this stuff just because, you know, who wants to buy merchandise for a convention you didn't go to? You know what I mean? Yep. Um, but there yeah, cool there's there's really cool stuff here. Yeah, I think um, for me, some of the some of the highlights are um, Star Wars is for everyone shirts in a color besides uh, kind of gross gray. Mm. Um, which I have, I have one of the gross gray Star Wars is for everyone shirts, but, um, I'm seeing they're coming in different colors, um, which is pretty cool. Um, cause I love that shirt and everything it represents. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I really want the Empire Strikes Back Japanese poster t-shirt. Oh yeah. That's um, cool. Yeah. That is extremely my jam. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the thing that my favorite thing on here that I won't actually buy is definitely the child fanny pack, mm, mm-hmm. which is one of those wonderful pieces of Star Wars merch where I'm like, that's so cool. I would never spend money on that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like the TIE fighter duffel bag, although I don't plan on buying it. Um, I like, let's see, what else was I into on here? Um, uh, oh, the, uh, the Bespin, the Cloud City lamp or whatever is kind of cool. Um, not going to buy it. I do like the Luke Skywalker hang in there magnet, even though it's like kind of bad Star Wars humor or whatever. And generally I don't like bad Star Wars humor, but I don't know. There's something about that one. That's a little tempting. I kind of like that. Um, I really don't like the Tiki. I, I, the tiki glasses and stuff themselves are fine, but I, uh-huh. I don't at all like the tiki t-shirts, which I know that makes, I mean, like people like those and that's great. I'm never, I've never been a fan of the, of trying to like take something from the real world and then do it in like the, or do like a star Wars version of it, you know, but, uh, so I'm not that, not, not that into those, uh, the, um, the death star two succulent station planter is pretty cool. Actually. I, 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 I like <laughs> You don't. I, it's just like, oh yeah, I don't know. I I feel like you just ranted exactly against this thing that you're saying is cool. No, here's why I like it. Okay, so this, okay. this is the deal. Um, like I don't have. I'm in. I'm sitting in my office right now. Okay, I don't have any plants in here. Um, mm. and it would be nice to have a plant or two in here, and you know, like it would totally fit the theme of my office and look kind of cool to have like a plant like in this kind of planter you know what i mean and the same thing with the lamp it's why i like the lamp too it's like it's it's very star wars and you know immediately it's star wars and like it's not like subtle or anything but it would just like fit into your room in a way that you know i don't know like would feel could feel kind of natural you know depending on how you decorate and stuff like that you know what i mean um versus i don't know like the, the t-shirt that says like, oh, it's, or like, I, I don't like this Bespin Mining Company stuff either. You know what I mean? I could get a hat and a polo shirt that says Bespin Mining Company. It's trying to look like, like a real like company, but like, ooh, it's, did you know it's Star Wars or whatever? Like, I don't know. It's not awful or anything. I just like, for, for me, I, it's just, I don't know. It doesn't do anything, but uh, like a lamp or a planter or something that's like functional and, hmm. Also, I don't know, just like, I, I, don't, I don't know. It doesn't seem, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say, it doesn't seem like a stretch. It doesn't seem like you have to like uh, try too hard to make it work or fit. You know what I mean? Same thing with the uh, the cloud car phone holder. I think that looks kind of cool too. 
Um, and if I put that on my desk and then drop my phone into it, like it would be like a cool Star Wars, like, you know, figure statue type thing. And also it serves a function or a purpose. So I think that's what I like about it. I like the 2020 Bounty Hunt 10 coin set. Yeah. Do you like that for $120 for some coins? Uh... (laughs) These are just like those things that like, yeah, it's like, you know, it's like the plates or like the pewter um, stuff. Like, I want to know, like, who are these Star Wars collectors? Is it just the pewters for me? Okay. Yeah. I mean, big big pewter fans but like the stuff that's just like really expensive and you're like what what exactly do you do with it like when you have the bounty hunter 10 coin set Mm -hmm. do you like do you hang it on your wall do you do you take the coins out and like play with them yeah (laughs) like i don't like what what happens like um you know i don't know i kind of like the uh the key art poster did you see that? It's like Darth Vader and I don't know. It looks kind of cool. The key art poster and it's $10 and it's 16 by 24 for that poster. Now, there you go. I could see that. I could see getting a poster, you know, for the event. It, yeah. And that, I think that is cool because that's uh like, this is a cool collector's item. Mm-hmm. Like this is a cool thing to have in your Star Wars collection. This is the celebration that didn't happen. Right. Right. Like, yeah, I didn't actually realize. I thought it was. I literally thought that said postcard <laughs> because it was ten ten dollars. I was like, yeah, that's like three Star Wars postcards. Yeah, they charge ten dollars for that. Yeah, um, and that's what I thought it was, but I didn't realize it was a decent sized poster for ten bucks for the event that didn't happen. Yeah, I think uh, that's a good. That's a pretty good deal there. Yeah. I think like if I if I ordered the if I ordered the shirt, I'd probably order that as well. Yeah. Um, I also don't know if I will order the shirt from here because like shirts are thirty dollars here, yeah. uh, which is kind of a lot of money for a t-shirt. Um, and like a lot of times, like this same shirt will be at like Hot, Hot, Hot Topic or something for like eighteen dollars. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see. But if it is exclusive to this store, like I I need to get that shirt. So, you know what shirt is cool? Uh, we should really wrap this up probably because like, yeah, you yeah. know we're just going through item by item. But you know what shirt is cool is the Kylo Ren Destiny long sleeve T shirt. But then they had to go put "I will fulfill our destiny" in like actual text underneath the image, and it's like that that kills me. It's like oh, that's kind of a cool image on that shirt. I will fulfill our destiny. I don't need like a slogan on it. You know what I mean? They ruined it. <laughs> yeah. Are you with me yeah. that or am I just being? I, I, yeah, I just like that. Yeah. Also, That's a little... I shouldn't even do this because people are like, people who are listening might be wanting to buy some of this stuff. But can I just say one more thing I really don't like at all? <laughs> no one's going to stop me. Yeah. The Empire Strikes Back 40th anniversary pint glass set. That's like a play on the Burger King pint glasses. Um, I guess it, 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 I guess it just comes down to I don't like the this the art like the style of art on them um but yeah like i'm like dude i have some of these burger king glasses and they look really cool and then this is like what if we remade those glasses but instead of having like really great cool art on it we did this like other kind of art you know and i don't like that 
I, I think they are like there's I think some parts look cool. Mm. Um but yeah, some of it looks a little weird. If you're a little more into that like cartoony kind of look than I am on some stuff. I'm pretty I'm pretty grumpy, I guess. I don't know. I guess so, yeah. I don't I I don't actually mind these. I think they're I think they're kinda cool. I think fifty dollars is too oh. much for point glasses ryan i wanted to end what? on something i like but i'm i can't find anything so i'm just going to end on another thing i hate um did you see the shirt that says luke i am your father but then in red pen they crossed out luke and said no i am your father because that's the actual line and people always get the line wrong oh boy <laughs> and like this guy wearing that shirt no, looks like a guy, guy. Who would wear that guy. Shirt. come on no he looks like a guy who would wear that shirt oh what about the guy wearing the Be With Me shirt? We got to stop. This isn't good. Um, <laughs> oh, he's cool. Actually. I, like I think he looks he's, cool. He's fine. He's cool. I, I think that shirt's all right, too, if you're into that sort of thing. Yeah. See, like, I, I love the concept, but the execution, yeah. it's not bad. It's just like, I don't know. It yeah. doesn't, doesn't really hit me too hard. I like the Lucasfilm limited production t-shirt. Yeah, but yeah, I'm like, wait a minute. Did they just see all the t-shirts that Talking Bay 94 does and then they just uh, made their own? Yeah, like the directed by yeah. Ryan Johnson shirt. Like, yeah, kind of. That's what I kind of thought, too. When I saw it, I immediately pictured those, which, um, which by the way, feel like how would Brandon feel about that? Like, would he be mad or not? Or like, is it is it even like I mean, because it is kind of they're like they are Lucasfilm. You know what I mean? So if you yeah. see a shirt that says like, hey, these are the credits from Lucasfilm. Like, I, I kind of like if I'm like, well, Lucasfilm could just like rip off his idea, I suppose, if they want to, since. um I don't know. I can't decide who who should who deserves to be mad in that situation, or if like everybody should be like, let's just call it a draw. You know what I mean? And maybe I'll have to yeah. reach out to Brandon and ask him what he thinks. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, speaking of Brandon shirts, um, I did, and this was like probably like a month or so ago. I got my uh, Duel of the Fates TRL shirt. Oh, nice! <laughs> which is which? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess like maybe maybe I'm that asshole um, <laughs> wearing a shirt like that, but um, I think it's uh, I think that shirt's so wonderful and it's like one of my favorite Star Wars shirts. Oh no, that that shirt's great. That that shirt is great, and it's uh, yeah, it's certainly like maybe like I could see if somebody with like that didn't have good taste tried to make a shirt like that or whatever. Like it's on that line, but it's on the right side of that line. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, yeah. so. And that's just, it's one of those things that it's just, it's, it's very meaningful to me. <laughs> Duel of the Fates yeah. being on DRL, that means something to me. <laughs> so, and this is the only acknowledgement that I will ever be able to purchase. Mm, right on. Um, but if, unless like, I don't know, did they do like plaques or trophies or anything for like being on TRL? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, if they ever made like a reproduction of that. Like I, I would totally buy that. Here, here's how we'll I'd, I'd also buy one for all the small things, <laughs> which was also in heavy rotation at that time. Here's how we'll know if there's a if there's a plaque for um, Duel the Fates on on TRL. Um, if at some point in the future, uh, future Brandon from Talking Bay ninety four uh, tweets out a link to it on eBay and says, "Don't let me buy this," then then we know it exists. <laughs> That's true. Which you bought? You bought a you bought a cool uh, Star Wars item recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bought a Star Wars Episode One Taco Bell uh, hat. So, um, which Brandon, not to make this the Brandon 
you know, we're an already fan hour or whatever. It's getting kind of weird at this yeah, point, but, um, that's getting weird, yeah. yeah, but, uh, no, he, he tweeted a link to that on eBay and was like, don't let me buy this. And then I was like, I might have to buy it myself. There was more than one on eBay. There's plenty. So I don't know if you bought it or not, but I had to buy it and, uh, it's uh, ill fitting and kind of smells, but, um, <laughs> It says, uh, and I washed it, but yeah, it says uh, Star Wars Episode One on the front. But like, what I really love about it is on the back, it's got the Taco Bell logo and says, we are the champions on the back. And uh, yeah, very much of a time and place, you know? So, and yeah, it was a time and a place that I loved uh, Taco Bell in the summer of 1999. So I wanted that hat. Yeah. I mean, I would say any, any Episode One merch gets a free pass yeah. from us across the board yeah and there's no there is no bad stars episode one merchandise absolutely in existence yeah stand by that yeah and actually i have um i i i bought a like full like it's like a cardboard you know cardstock whatever poster or something um from taco bell you know like a promotional poster um with the different remember there were like the little like tokens or pogs or whatever they weren't pogs but they were, oh yeah yeah it's like a poster like with all of those like displayed on it and you know promoting that like promotion or whatever i need to get that like i gotta frame it and put that up so yeah i have that, oh, that um i have one it's uh it's in a poster tube in my mom's basement somewhere <laughs> cool Okay, yeah. well, we've uh, we've kind of uh, rambled here for a while about Star Wars merchandise and mostly us burying it. So um, probably we should wrap the show up here. But, uh, you know, of course, we'll be back next week with uh, a look at Mandalorian Chapter 11. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Until then, you can find everything we do at BlockadeRunnerPodcast.com. Uh, reach out to the show at BlockadeRunnerPodcast at gmail.com uh, or the show is on Twitter at BlockadeRun. And Ryan, you're on Twitter at? Vayamalay, uh, V-A-Y-A-M-A-L-A-Y. And if we made fun of any Star Wars merchandise that you own or want to purchase, we're sorry. Um, yeah, we're sorry. I I mean, I own I own fun, Funko Pops, so you can you can drag me. Yeah, you don't own um, anything worse than Ryan then. No, I we will, just made yeah, it I worse will. because there's a lot of people that love Funko Pops and now we just made fun of that too. I love fun. I, well, I wouldn't say I love fun. Pops, but I definitely buy them. So there we go. Yeah. All right, there we go. <laughs>